it, it's really good to not get stuck in the past. And so part of what we're going to talk about is, is how, well, why am I not moving forward? Why am I not mm -hmm. growing? What's going on with that? Because part of it is we want to sort of shift it and say, hey, let's move. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. It is a journey of faith that you have to go on. It's not something you can opt out of. It's not something you can uh, put spam block on. It is something that is happening all the time, and you're either growing or shrinking. And here on the Salty Pastor Podcast, we want to encourage you to grow in your faith. We want you to know what you believe, why you believe it, so that you can have the answers when you need them. My name is Jesse Mayer, and I am blessed today... On this two days after Christmas, my Christmas surprise came late. My Christmas gift came late, and I am actually blessed to have two pastors with me today: Pastor Harvey Friesen and Pastor Steve Botsford. So we're doing we're mixing it up today. We're getting two yeah. salty pastors. Good to be here with yes. you again, Jesse. Yeah, how's it going? It's great. I'm excited because we are kicking off on the New Year's Day, Sunday, January first, a brand new kind of series, like a mini-series that we're doing, where you guys are going to be co-preaching together on stage, mm -hmm. and I can't wait to see how awesome that's going to be. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good thing. Steve and I are going to work together on this. As many of you know, Steve's become our family pastor here at the church, which includes his oversight over the student ministry in the church, and then also him broadening his ministry to include uh, uh, families... Um, Those over groups. the age of 18. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anybody yeah. over 18. Yeah, exactly. So if you can vote, you're in Steve's ministry now we as go. well. So, uh, yeah. So, and anyway, it's a fun thing. That. We thought we'd start out the year preaching together a little bit. We're going to do some real fun things on the first Sunday where we talk about Haggai from the Old Testament, one of the minor prophets, also really focusing on the concept of Philippians 3.13. Uh, and then on the second one, we're going we're gonna to move forward, the idea of the kingdom of God. What is mm -hmm. God's kingdom? What does it mean? Why is, why is the kingdom of God spoken about 74 times in the New Testament? And what's God's big idea about the kingdom of God? So anyway, here we are going to go into this first one, which is around Haggai, the book of Haggai. Well, and I'm excited about it because you had mentioned that, that verse, Philippians 3.13, and I wanted to read that for everybody really quick before we get kicked off in Haggai because this is kind of our, our mm -hmm. theme verse for right? And so Philippians 3, 13 through 14, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. One of my favorite verses. I love that verse. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited that we're spending some time on this verse, but you guys are putting an interesting spin on it. We are, we're talking about Haggai and I'm interested to see how that applies because for the most part, a lot of churches don't go into these minor prophets. Haggai is not somewhere that I, growing up, remember my pastor ever, ever preaching on it or I wasn't paying attention because I zoned out because it was like Old Testament, <laughs> hoo-ha. Why, yeah. why are we hanging out in Haggai? Is hoo-ha right before Haggai or after Haggai? Yeah, after. Hi, yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 I can't remember it's where hoo-ha is. All right. Yeah. So, Steve, well, go ahead. Tell and us. That's, and that's the thing with the Philippians passage is it's, uh, I mean, it's such a great one for the beginning of the years, like looking at, uh, we, we're stuck looking at the past, but what we're called to is look towards the future. And, and there's certain ways that you can do that. You can look towards the future in your, like for your own benefit, or you can look for the, the benefit of others. So, mm. yeah. Well, and I think looking back, there's a solid thing about looking back that is reflective, but there's also, I mean, I, I, every Christian, right? The story is still forward, right? We hear mm -hmm. that we still 
study the Word of God going back. We look back into 2,000-year-old books, Haggai being, you know, more than 2,000 years old. And then we also look forward because our faith is a living faith, and we have a living God, and so we're going to move forward as well. So the idea is, is that, it, and I think you guys mentioned being some of your favorite verses, I mean, it, it's really good to not get stuck in the past. And so part of what we're going to talk about is, is, how, well, why am I not moving forward? Why am I not mm -hmm. growing? What's going on with that? Because part of it is we want to sort of shift it and say, hey, let's move. It is a great calendar time of the year, too, right? To say, That's let's where go all on. the, all the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Resolutions. Re resolutions. Yeah. Gym yeah. memberships. Yeah, sold. Like, I'm going to get, get it yeah, it's mostly gym membership day. <laughs> yeah, That's sure. their highest selling. There's Black Friday for all the retail stores, and then there's January 1st for all of the gyms. That's their big selling day. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I thought about going into work for a gym just for the commissions during this time. Of year, <laughs> Everybody but. wants to work that yeah. much, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about this idea of, you know, people come into this idea of resolutions and, and starting the new year, looking back and going, you know, I just don't feel like I did that much, or I don't like how last year went. I want to change something, or I don't feel like I've moved forward. And I think over the last couple of years, that's been a general sentiment for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. They kind of felt like stuck in this limbo between the pandemic and then coming out of the pandemic. It's just sort of been this like, okay, when are we going to start getting some momentum in like going somewhere right so is that is that kind of the idea we're talking about yeah. is how do we move forward yeah and it's important i mean i think that i mean maybe not a lot of people take this time to reflect like okay where was i last year and where am i this year but when we do that i think a lot of times we find we're we're kind of in the same spot you mm. know i i got that gym membership but i i still have my the same <laughs> your physique, your right? awesome dad bod. <laughs> yeah the dad bod is still there and so i, I think we're we're finding that in our, our spiritual lives too we, we're like hey i'm gonna do the bible in a year this is gonna be great i'm gonna be so much more closer so much uh, more knowledgeable in god's word by next january but then here's January coming up, and where are we? Right. Well, and I think, too, one of the things that we, we should be doing, I, 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 that's why I think the look back is important. I, mm -hmm. I do like to look back before I start. You know, and this week is a week that I'll take as a bit reflective. I will look back on things. I've, I've actually written up a series of things that I've been thinking about that have been positive that I've gone through in the year, things that didn't go through positively the way I wanted to. Mm. And, and I do think there's a benefit to that because, as you said here just a second ago, when you read the end of that verse, it says, and, and that, so I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for, from which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So we have to remember that the, that, that verse is not just that we're reaching forward, we're reaching forward for a prize. And if we're mm -hmm. reaching forward for a prize, we analyze a bit about where we are and are we moving forward. I don't think we have to shrink back from having goals, having ambitions, having drive and desire. Now, we ought to do them with humility before God, and we shouldn't do it like the pagans around us. I mean, the pagans around us do it to do what? Goals are a way to what? Build an impressive life. Yeah, a means to an end. I yeah. want this special life, so these are the things I have to do. Yeah, to and I want you to admire me. I want you to be impressed by me. I want you to be intimidated by me, all those kinds of things. We do our goals for what? So that we would gain the prize of Christ Jesus the Lord. I think we all want to hear, well done, good and faithful. Mm -hmm. That's a desire that all of us have. Mm -hmm. And part of that is, we, you know, if I could, we've kind of allowed ourselves culturally, and I think this may be a little bit of a by, by product of the pandemic, but but we've allowed ourselves a little bit of a sort of, well, oh, I didn't get anything done this year, I really didn't move forward. And all this. you go, well, why, why do we have to live there? I mean, I don't, 
I don't wake up every morning going, man, I can't wait to establish the status quo again for today, right? We're going to do another one, you know, like that. I, 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 I don't know if it's my faith. I don't know if it's our it's it's our disposition. I don't know what it is, but I think whatever's next, and maybe this is that entrepreneur piece of me, but I think whatever's next is better than what was. Mm. Not because what was wasn't great. It's because I'm I'm a new me, and I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to gain new ground. I'm going to grow in another place. We do this with kids all the time. There's this part where I think we kind of like go over the top of the bell curve, and we sort and settle. And I, I don't think Christians are sorted and settled. I think we are set forward with this prize in mind. And I think Haggai gives us a really good transition to understand, yeah. well, wait a minute. Uh, these guys were doing a lot of things. But that, you know what's interesting, too, Stephen, you really brought it out as we were studying this together, was, is in that place they had misplaced priorities. Why don't you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about those priorities? Yeah, yeah, so the, it's this is this is uh, during the time of like post exile. So they've just come back from from Babylon, and the, they've been given the the okay to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, to rebuild the temple, rebuild the walls, and, and they get this start on the temple foundation only, and they they start looking around. It's like uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go like start my own house. Let me build my own house and, and get myself taken care of. And that's exactly where this misplaced priority comes in. And so they they are, they return thinking, you know what? This is what God promised. So this is this is where the good life is going to start. This is where all those blessings, becoming the the holy people of God, we're finally going to get to live that life. They get that foundation done, and they're just like, man, I, this isn't this isn't what I hope. I'm going to go take care of myself right now. Because they had been in exile for how long? About. 70, 70 years. 70 years. And yeah. so there's some people that had never even seen the original land that mm-hmm. they came from, never. right? And then there's yeah. a lot of older people that had seen it and were like, oh my gosh, it was so much better there before we got taken away and exiled away from it. Oh my gosh, I wish we could just go back there. So they come back and then they're like, we're going to build a temple. And then it's like, yeah, but maybe I should like do my house first, right? Like, well, can I draw yeah. a loop here on this? Yeah. It's very interesting. They were 70 years of, of struggle, difficulty, captivity. There's a little bit, not to use an overused word, but there's a little bit of they come back and they go, okay, great, God, you got us back out of it. We're going to start really, 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 really great. They start in, they build the foundation of God, and then they go, you know, we're entitled Mm -hmm. to something great for us, right? And what they said was is we'll start out something for God, and then they got distracted and they got so focused on us. I think that's the part that's important about what I look at for 2023. And this is a very important piece because we're going to talk about the kingdom of God during 2023 too. And that is this, when we get the kingdom priorities and principles, right, the personal priorities follow. Mm -hmm. When we do personal priorities first, the kingdom rarely follows. And you think about it out. I mean, Steve, you're, you're a father of five kids. Another one on the way. You're going to have a sixth kid, Lord willing, here coming up in the new year, right? April, yeah. And, and April. So, and, and you have goals, ambitions, desires, drives, and all those things for your kids. But what you want them to do and what you want first is, is that my, as for me and my house, we want to establish that we are followers of God first. We're going to build that foundation first, and then we get on the good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it's misplaced priorities are how we live a childish life not a childlike faith a childlike faith is god says sort my life first sort the kingdom with me first mm-hmm. and then the rest will come right and and uh seek first the kingdom of god matthew 6 
and all these things shall be added unto you, right? So keep us going in Haggai. What, how, yeah. how do they move forward? Yeah, so essentially Haggai comes to them and he's like, hey, like you're you're building these really nice houses. It calls it paneled houses. My mind is like, yeah, paneled. That you know, one translation says luxurious. Luxurious, yeah. And that's and that's the idea that he's getting. It's like you've worked. You, It's not just you have a place to stay now. You have a nice place. You have if, the, if modern day would be like, oh, we're putting in the jacuzzi. Yeah, and yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> we got to get the bike racks up on the wall and make sure that the cars are like that that kind yeah, of vibe right like it's, garage, like it's no yeah. longer just a we need somewhere to shelter us from the elements and stay warm mm-hmm. it's a oh you know we got once we get that third bathroom in then maybe we'll we'll get back to doing the the other stuff right well and, and it goes again it's misplaced priorities i don't think god has any problem with bike racks i think god has everything uh, with as a problem with being second in our lives, mm. yeah. see that's 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 the real core of what he was talking about, right? And that's and that's the tough thing because I mean, you think like for for us, like we're told we're we're asked to go build the kingdom, right? It's like, well, what does that even look like? That's going to take forever. That's huge. But if I go do this for myself, that's going to be really quick. So let me just take care of this right now. I see an end to that, and that's where I feel like they they were. They they're thinking of the the temple of Solomon, like this huge thing, and and they're they're getting all these like this rubble and putting it back together, trying to do what they can. And they're just like, this is going to take forever. I'm going to go do my thing right now. Which which is a malady of the human condition, mm. and and mm-hmm. the struggle is, and you know we 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 use lemon leadership around here on the staff. We talk about it, it's conversing, it's part of our language. All this one of the most beautiful gifts of the luminary, the L in the lemon, it, a luminary over which Pastor Doug is a luminary. I think Cynthia is a luminary. There are other people that are luminaries. Is some of their primary ones, some of their secondary ones. But but luminaries bring this table. They bring this to the table a long commitment to a singular idea. They They, see way out in the future and they're okay with it taking X amount of years to get there. They have no problem with that. And I think we want one of the curses, you know, this was written in a book called the spirit of the, uh, the spiritual disciplines by Richard Foster 30 some years ago. And 30 some years ago, he said the curse of our age is superficiality. Well, if the curse of our age 30 years ago was superficiality, I mean, I we don't even get to super. Mm. We don't get super out of our mouths now, <laughs> right? I mean, the kids would have some, you know, a letter for it that would be just, you know, you know, BTW, yeah. right? Now I can't say B, by the way, I would say BTW, you know, text it. So superficiality has become so superficial. And here's the sad part about it. It's not fulfilling. And mm-hmm. I think that's what Haggai's getting to as well. When you got misplaced priorities, you also have, uh, you, you also have satisfied self, but you've not satisfied the deep longing of searching after God, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he, and he says that he's like, Hey, you've been, you go to the storehouse expecting to get this much out of it, but you're not getting it. I mean, it's like you're, he says, you're putting money in your pockets, but your pockets have holes. Does it feel like life is like that? Are you looking back over that year and, and you're not seeing any I'm difference putting in all this work and i feel yeah. like i'm only getting an eighth or you know a quarter of the return i was hoping for right yeah on, on the it's amount a law of, of diminishing returns right i mean it, the world never satisfies the deepest longings of our soul but we still keep going back to the trough we still mm-hmm. keep going back saying well this year i'll try a little harder maybe i'll get a little luckier yeah this Would, year i have the the plan on my phone right yeah like right, right, right. An app that's going to tell me exactly how to make it yeah <laughs> tell yeah. me how disappointing my life is and remind <laughs> me and i didn't turn off the alarm on that and now the next day i wake up and go what a schmuck am i right yeah, yeah exactly yeah. but then so what haggai does is he 
he he points them to the temple. He says, so you have these nice houses and, and things just aren't going well for you, it seems, right? Let me show you the answer. The temple of your God, the one who blesses you, the one who has called you his own people, it lies in ruins over here. So let's get at it. Let's let's focus on God. Let's put him first. Let's make him that priority above our own our own selves and, and let's focus on him. And and the rest of the, the scriptures show like it works, right? Uh, and it's not prosperity gospel by any means. It's it's the obedience to God gives blessings. Mm. Well, and I think there's four obediences that I that I see that we'll talk about, you know, coming up this weekend here. Uh, the straightforward ones are, are these relationship blessings, peace blessings, protection blessings, and tithing blessings, right? So everybody wants relationships, their relationships to be blessed. Well, so here's the first thing. Before you want great relationships, you first want to be obedient to God's relationship principles, okay? When we break God's laws, the results break us, okay? We'll talk Mm -hmm. about a little bit more this weekend. Peace blessing. Everybody wants to live at peace, but we think that we keep peace when the truth of the gospel is Jesus said you make peace. And the way you make peace is you deal with the truth in the situation. You have hard conversations and you go make peace. Another blessing we all want is we want protection blessing. We want protection from enemies. Think about these guys have been 70 years in captivity. They come back. Their first thought is what? They're going to build their own house, right? Well, they start Mm -hmm. out with a little bit of the kingdom of God and then they go to their own houses. And, And think that I said this to a friend of mine one time. I said, you know, you're wealthy. When you move from the thought, how am I going to acquire more of it, to how do I keep people from taking it, mm. right? That is actually a little line of, of wealth. When you get more worried about losing it, you are thoroughly blessed with things in this planet, right? Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, is you now want the protection of God. But interesting enough is if we go build our own house all along and we haven't built the temple, the Spirit of God, the work of God in our lives first— we are now working under our own protection, not God's protection. Okay, and then the fourth one is the tithing blessing. We, you know, we we always want God's blessing over us financially. There, we're going to read out of Malachi, right? The well, I like this phrase, the the Italian prophet Malachi, and Malachi. so we're going to talk about Malachi this weekend, right? And you get to you get to Malachi chapter three, and in there he says. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Now think this out, okay? Why were churches a form of a bank? Because it was the storehouse where you brought in your tithes, and if you brought in your tithes, it became a reservoir in time of need. If you didn't have a built-up temple, you didn't have a built-up synagogues, you didn't have those built-up storehouses, you just built the foundation, you had nowhere to come and build provision long-term. Mm. And God actually dares us to not tithe. And then he says something else. And, and this one's a little bit right, kind of right at us. He says, if you're not tithing, if you're not giving a God a tenth and you're not storing it up your treasure in heaven, right, we're robbing God. So he goes mm-hmm. so far as to say to these people through the prophet Haggai, you have no place for me to have a blessing to pour out for you because you didn't build a place that would store up blessings when you need them. Mm. That's a spiritual thought there, mm-hmm. 
regardless of where, whether you bank at Chase Bank or whether you, you know, back in the day, <laughs> right, in the Malachi Bank, right? These are biblical truths. So you go a little further in Haggai for us. Yeah, so what happens is we have the, these two characters, uh, these two real people, I'll say, Zerubbabel, who is of the line of David. So he, he kind of has, like, this uh, kingly role, but, I mean, they're still under siege of or under control of Persia at the time. So but he's an, influ- he's, he's, he's an influential an person yeah, because, because of, his, of lineage. his lineage. Yeah, and then we have uh, the high priest named Joshua, and these two, these two guys, it says, uh, the Spirit of the Lord, like, stirs them up, and they, they like, rally the troops, and they get at it. And, and honestly, it's God wants to bless you. And he will work in you to, to do his uh, to do his will, like even so much as stirring up your spirit to do so. Sometimes we're our, actually most of the time we're our own worst we enemy are our own in worst God's enemy. blessings, right? We're yeah. we're the one keeping him from being able to bless us more often than not. He well, can right. do it, but we're we're fighting him, whether intentionally or unintentionally, right? Yeah. Well, and I, I remember early on a phrase I learned in my Christian walk was this: is that God always, always blesses obedience. What we have to be very, 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 very careful of is that the way that cheap grace has been poured out over the last however many years, I mean, Mm -hmm. Bonhoeffer talked about it 70 years ago, right, is that cheap grace has got us to the place where we believe that God God always blesses disobedience as well. God doesn't bless disobedience. He doesn't have to. Right? We, we, where do we bless disobedience? The blessing, the, the, the notion of blessing disobedience is you create a perverse incentive for people to do nothing or to do the wrong thing. Well, that's not how God works. Mm. I mean, in, in parenting, that works, it doesn't work at all, right? Because in parenting, what happens is, is that when you perversely incentivize disobedience, you get entitlement. You get entitlement. I didn't do anything for it but mm-hmm. I deserve it. Mm. You see that? Yeah. Now that's playing out in Haggai here as well. And we live in a world that feels entitled to have all the good things, but doesn't believe in the process of getting to that. We bleed that into the church as well. We bleed that into our personal lives as well. I should get that. One of the big struggles for, for grandparents, right, is that you want your kids, you want to bless them, but you don't want to create that scenario where they feel entitled to something. So you're trying to figure out how to do that. Parents as well trying to figure out how to do that. Government struggles with how do we build incentives that get people to be productive because wealth is only from what? Productivity, right? Mm-hmm. Wealth grows up in productivity. When when What happens with inflation is that inflation, things go up in price because productivity went down, mm. right? It's one hour of productivity bought, you know, one tea bag. Now it's uh, perversely the other way. And you go, well, now one hour equals uh, half a tea bag because mm-hmm. why? You were not as productive during that one hour. So all this stuff starts to play in and it becomes real and it becomes real in everyday life. This is why it's beautiful that we're talking about Haggai. Steve, any more on Haggai you want to pull out there? Uh, I mean, just finishing up the, the last bit of the first chapter, I mean, this is the, we just got through with Christmas, right? Where Emmanuel, God with us, he, he tells Zerubbabel and Joshua, he says, I am with you. He says, I am, I'm right here. I want this to happen. I am going to, I'm going to help you do this. I'm going to bless you throughout. Mm. And so that's, I think that's just something like great to remember. Especially if you're looking at something as monumental as building a temple out of rubble or whatever yeah. your great goal for that year might be and say, you know, I really want to do this for God and with God. And he's going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm here. You don't, 
That's the idea of working three times as hard and getting a quarter of the thing when you're in alignment with God and, and putting him first and doing the thing. Suddenly it's like he parts the seas, he moves the snow drifts, you know, that snow drifts was what we're yeah. dealing with in Idaho and right you're now. Not, you're and not then you're just, driving down, you know, easy, easy pickings. Exactly. And you're not just blessed with the effort that you put in, but blessed with the blessings of God himself. Yes. So it's not like I put an hour in, so I made one tea bag. It's like, no, I put an hour in and somehow I ended up with five. Well, tithing, right? he says, and, it, 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 the point of tithing is, is that it creates spiritual productivity because God actually says in Malachi chapter three, see that I won't increase for you see that i won't bless he is he says test me he does say test me and and, and what he's really doing there is he's saying there is something called spiritual momentum when i am involved in your Mm well-being that's what means to bring god along that's why we want to build his house first in our lives and what are we in the new testament but we are the temple temple. of the holy spirit so there's actually haggai leads to the new testament where you get the corinthians and he says you're the temple of the holy spirit build that work in my life first in your life first and see that I won't come in and bless you and encourage you. Mm. And, and, and what, what happens though, in that scenario is this, the, the very simple person, a person who wants to look at it simplistically says, okay, so you're saying if I do this, then God does that. That's contract. God mm-hmm. is a covenant God. And God says, no, no, I want to do this regardless, but you unlock those blessings when you are walking in obedience. And again, we're not advocating cheap grace. Cheap grace says you get the blessing even though you're phenomenally disobedient. It's a it's it goes back to what you preached on a couple of weeks ago between transactional and relational, right? It's yeah. not mm-hmm. a it's not a okay, you do this and then you get this. It's a we're in a relationship now. I, I wanna give you this, but you gotta be in a place where you can receive it. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and can I give one other little thing, because it goes to the luxurious houses you're talking about, yeah. is that the church of Laodicea is is pulled out in Revelation chapter 3. And in Revelation chapter 3, listen. We're listen. all over the Bible. Yeah, we're we're doing the whole Bible. Right? I mean, come on. Two pastors. <laughs> we're doing we're fresh we start skipping. That's it, right? So so you get to Revelation chapter 3, and, and in there, 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 he says, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot or cold, cold or hot. I wish you were cold or hot, because you are lukewarm neither hot or cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say, now notice this, in the lukewarm life, the person says, yeah, you know, we built a little bit of the church, but you know, I really took care of me. It says, because you say, I am rich, I become wealthy, I have no need of anything. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And then he says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. He says, no, Mm -hmm. I'm going to correct you. Haggai, his job, Rebuke and correct, right? Discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. And he says, I stand at the door and knock. And then he says to me, for the one who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne and that he will be on the throne of my father as well. And there's three things that I will give you. You will buy gold from me. You will get white garments from me and you will get eye salve from me. And it's a powerful thing here. And he's saying, I will give you the things that are the most valuable in the world. I'll give you the spiritual valuable things of the world because I will put those white robes on you, which symbolize righteousness. And mm-hmm. then I will give you eye salve so that you can see. I mean, think, think this out for a second, guys. I mean, what was antiquity but dusty, Right. And the last gift that God offers is he goes, I'll help clean your eyes out so you can actually see what to really focus on. So when we start the new year, we don't want to just look back because that's pretty dusty. What we want to do is we want to clear up those eyes. We want to buy gold from God. We want to put his righteousness in our lives. And we want to move forward, being able to see clearly 
where we're supposed to go and where God wants <laughs> to go. And importantly, I want to go where God is. Mm. Yeah. And the thing, I, the thing I love about those three is like, those were things that Laodicea was known for. Yeah. Like they were proud for their banking, their, their clothing and oh. uh, their, their eye stuff. Right. Yeah. It's like, Hey, we, we are known for these things. And God says, you know what? I'm known for so much better. You're talking about America or Laodicea? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Banking, right? the clothing, and the, and, the, and the... Things that go in your eyes like entertainment. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Wow. Old is new, new is old. The Bible is the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. yes, Speaking today. Well, thank you, gentlemen, so much for um, doing a, a double yeah. pastor, salty pastor episode. I think I'm, I'm excited to see what you guys are preaching on on Sunday. I think it's going to be really fun to have you both up there and, and getting two different styles and just seeing what you both have are uh, in store for us as we kick off this brand new year. Well, we're going to start the year with a miracle because it's <laughs> it going is. to be a miracle if two pastors can speak in 30 minutes or less. That will be. Yeah. I, will, I will be praying hard for <laughs> such miracles. For a miracle. <laughs> we got Jesse praying for a miracle. We probably got all of you out there praying for the Everybody same bring your lunch. It's going to be a... <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to see a miracle. It'll be fine. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you on Thursday here on the Salty Pastor Podcast.